When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with co-host Catherine Brandt, Hackmaster Ralph W. Basham, MD, Alex Bernard Rasmussen, and Andy Brandt Bernard. We'll be right back. Special guest up next with the family. Walls Automotive Group, Walls.com, and Doug Sprinthal. Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade. This is a brand new vehicle. It's got bird's eye parking. So when you're backing up, you hit the screen and it, it's like a spy satellite above oh. the vehicle. It is, and it's got ProPilot. It is cool. Trade your car in. Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right. Be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. <laughs> So, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant <laughs> da, da, da. Rebel, rebel is all I have to say. Is our guest ready? Yep. And how do you pronounce it? Aaron, how do you pronounce your last name? Sagers. And hey, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I thought it was Sagers, but we decided just for today, if it's okay with you, because I have a grandson whose name is Sage. Can we just call you Aaron Sagers just just so Sagey would be happy? (laughs) Well, maybe for your grandson. (laughs) <laughs> okay, Aaron. Thank, thank you. We'll go with Sagers. But Sagey will okay. be happy just to see it. S-A-G-E. S-A-G-E. He'll be very happy to hear about it. Aaron, <laughs> so how are things? Uh, things are going well. How about you over there? So far, so good, but we're just trying to slog through. I, I, I was just talking very quickly. I won't spend a lot of time on it, but I never thought I'd be in a position where I'd feel bad for both Donald Trump and Joe Biden. One, the world is pointing and laughing at him or hating his guts. And the other guy, his biggest day of his life at 78 years old, he'll get no inauguration. It'll all be Zoom. Makes me very sad. It really does. It is. It just kind of speaks to the weird times that we're living in. So now where did you grow up, Aaron? I am originally from Orlando, Florida, and I've lived in New York City for most of my adult life at this point. You just got into television and decided that if you're going to do television, that Orlando wasn't the spot unless you wanted to work for Disney? 
<laughs> there's actually a lot of production going on down in Orlando now. But, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I started as a journalist. I worked with the Chicago Trib Company and bounced all around and then ended up doing getting into TV as well. I started as a newspaper guy before the TV came into play. But okay. So New York has obviously just been a big place for um, all media. Okay, I will tell you, Catherine and I, my, my wife Catherine, our, our son Andy and Alex are on the show, on Dr. Ralph Basham as well. But um, Catherine and I just spent a lot of time hanging out uh, over the weekend, just, you know, went, got a little exercise, went out to dinner one night, kind of hung out together, watched a little television, you know, just had a wonderful weekend. Then I got up this morning to do my morning show that I do, and I read the news, and I was like, oh, God, really? Really? <laughs> This is still how the world is. How do you, because you deal with it. I mean, there are many, many things, um, you know, the, the latest uh, news in Hollywood. What is the latest news in Hollywood? What, what, what is going on in, in Los Angeles? We see a lot of people. Matter of fact, Alex, who's on the show, just ran into Sylvester Stallone down in Florida when she's on vacation. He has decided he's not going back to California. It ain't going to happen. That's interesting, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It is. It's what. What does this world look like now, moving forward? I mean, we have these big tentpole movies that are going to be probably mostly released on streaming platforms. Although they're going to sort of try to release them in theaters as well, but the theaters are not open in New York, so the major markets right. aren't really contributing. But how how are things even really going to be filmed? Because I know a lot of people that go back to production and then they get shut down again and then you know there was the whole tom cruise thing on the mission impossible set which all right yeah and i don't really hold that against him i mean they're they're trying to get their production up and running and when people are breaking the rules that just means they're going to have to shut down again and that costs money and that costs you know health that costs lives so it is it's strange i don't know i don't know what the the near future is even going to look like now, Aaron, you're still living in New York, right? Is that correct? Yes. Okay, so how how is that looking? When because I did see uh, Governor Cuomo say he's going to start opening up uh, the state of New York. What does he mean by that? Opening up the state of New York? Did, did, did you hear that speech at all? Yeah, I did hear the speech, but I think the details. People are still trying to figure that out. I don't think right. I, I don't anticipate having a full open. Going to a packed restaurant or even a, a, I don't see that happening. And that was shut down again. So I don't know what this this is going to look like. I don't, I know they're trying to get some support for theater and for the arts. Yeah, But sure. nobody quite knows what it's going to look like. No, I, I just, Catherine and I lived in New York in the, what, the mid-80s, pretty much from 82 to about 86. We lived at 20th Street and 2nd Avenue there. And, I mean, to live in New York, to live in New York and not be able to go out to dinner and go to the theater or go see a movie, but particularly the theater, I, I, that must feel really weird that you're in Manhattan and you can't do anything. God, that's got to feel weird. Yeah, well, I mean, so I'm actually technically in Brooklyn, but yeah, I've lived in Manhattan as well. But just overall, the feeling mm -hmm. of, I agree that it's, you know, I, I was thinking the Super Bowl's coming up last year, gathering at the local bar, having a big party, like, that doesn't exist anymore. And even the local bars are either shuddering or struggling and... So if, if you can't go to the engaging culture, you do typically at least go out to a restaurant or to a bar. You're engaging with other people. And and you instead now, it's like I have my little bubble of a couple people that I see. And then mm -hmm. other than that, the grocery store and then the, the person that I drop my laundry off with, you know? It's just not a lot of socializing. <laughs> You're very exciting. I get to drop off my laundry. <laughs> it's an yeah. exciting life, isn't it? Uh, isn't that just amazing? Honest to God. Some, I'm looking at some of the bigger... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. I was just going to say, hey, when you are lacking so much social interaction, dropping off the laundry can be a highlight of your week. Oh, I, Catherine and I were just talking about that yesterday. We were just kind of hanging out, and then we decided to get out of the house, and it was wonderful. But 
you just get in this thing now where you're so used to sitting around because nothing's open that even if things begin to open, it might take a while before people actually take advantage of it. It's like, can we really leave? Yeah. Is I it mean, okay? Are you going to believe it? Yeah. Uh, it's got to be and tough. I think there's got to be a lingering... Yeah, there's going to be kind of a lingering anxiety as well. Like, I do a lot of events like Comic-Cons and big fan events, and even sure. though they are scheduling them this year... I don't know if people will show up, and I don't know if the actors and the talent that are booked will really want to be part of that either. So even after all of this, I don't know what it's going to look like. God, you have a list of things. I love the stories that you did. Did you put together the stack of stories you sent along with your with your bio? Yeah, I said uh, so. I sent a couple of those. Well, actually, wait the um, the ones that I had written, the ones I've contributed on. Uh, the fifty greatest Western movies ever made. Did oh. you contribute to that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I thought for sure. But I, I have not looked at it completely yet because I'm a huge Western. You know, it's really weird. I grew up in the inner city. If there's one guy on earth should not like westerns, it'd be me. But I love westerns. And I, maybe it was just a simpler time or something. Maybe that's what it is. But I love Westerns. And, and the 50 greatest Western movies ever made, that had to be a tough tough road to hold, picking just 50 of them. Yeah, and I, and I even thought, you know, I don't want to, like, disagree with some of the, the choices, but I was like, wow, really? You didn't include this one? Or this one didn't warrant it or uh, you know i i was surprised by some of the choices but overall i think yeah they did not have an easy task putting this together no i can see it well first of all i'm mad at him already because 43 is one-eyed jacks don't be putting marlon brando in the 40s he should always be in the top 10 that's all i'm saying <laughs> but again i mean then you've got all the uh you know the sergio leones and and how are yeah, you not yeah. include those down there so I was surprised that High Plains Drifter, which is one of my favorites of Eastwoods, did not make it on the list at all. So, God, what? So, top of mind, they uh, just off the top of your head, there are five of them you thought would make it that didn't make it. Two, three, four, five of them, or something like that. Yeah, I, I would, I would say that yeah, at least probably about five of them that I was expecting that didn't make it this list but i also realized that they were really trying to keep their definition controlled they they set out with a pretty strict definition of what they were going to include i could see that well first of all i am very 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 happy that number 38 blazing saddles made the list i was really worried that people would forget what that movie was really all about is blowing up all these stereotypes and getting rid of all the you know the racist uh, uh, terms and all the rest of it. I am really happy to see that that the culture here in America didn't just bury that movie because it is one of the best movies ever made. I think. Did you now when you were looking through the list? Did you specifically search for Blazing Saddles, or you were just reading down and then you encountered it because I en- it was I one that it. I looked for to see if it was on the list? Oh yeah, I mean, it's one of my favorite movies. Look, I, just look at the cast alone. The things that they cut out of that movie, they could make another movie with the things they cut out of the movie. Um, there's a scene where Lily von Stupp is hanging out with the sheriff. And she says, is it true what they say about you people? And it's in the dark. And all you hear is a, a zipper on the man's pants come down. And she says, oh, it's true, it's true. To which he, not in the movie, but out of the movie, said, excuse me, but you're sucking on my pistol. Which I thought <laughs> was a great line. Tisk, tisk. <laughs> it was a great line. Mel I don't Brooks, think I knew that. I don't think I knew about that. That was cut out. It was cut out. Mel Brooks told me about it. I didn't. I didn't even know it until he told me. He said because he goes, "Excuse me, man, but you're sucking on my pistol." What a great line! <laughs> I, I thought it was magnificent. Yeah. And that's a great interview. I've never interviewed Mel. I've, I'm friendly with his son, but I've never gotten to interview him. But that's amazing that you got that chance. What a talent! What an unbelievable talent that man is. Oh. He and Carl Reiner, people like that. Magnificent Seven is in 35th place also. Now, that's the original one we're talking from, 1960. Hell of a movie. 
The new one I didn't care for. I didn't really care for it that much, and it had nothing to do with its you know different people and all the rest of it. It's just the first one had such a great impact because I mean, God, the the cast in that movie was amazing. Yeah, I think what ends up happening when you're doing remakes is you you have someone that's a big fan of the original and they set out with good intentions, but sometimes they don't quite capture the spirit or the right elements of the spirit of the original. So even if it's a an enjoyable, entertaining film, it, it misses a little bit of that flavor of the original. I was actually thinking about the, the remake of 310 to Yuma, which I enjoyed, yeah, but yeah. it also was kind of just lacking a little bit of that sense of, that the original had. You know, it's interesting, Adam, because one of the things I love about podcasting, well, and radio interviews, too, and television interviews, is uh, as soon as you see the 50 greatest Western movies ever made, you're going to get to movies you've never even heard of that are very highly rated. And here's one right here. I have never even heard of Meek's Cutoff, but it's number 10 on the list. I, I have to say, I didn't know that one either. Uh, and now I'm going to have to go back and watch it. And, you know, conveniently they tell you where you can watch it. So, yeah, I haven't seen that one either. The Naked Spur, God, that's been around for a bit. Rio Bravo, The Wild Bunch. I, we just watched that, Andy. That's the movie we watched. It yes, made number did. seven of all time. Well, look at that. That one belongs what do you think there. Of that, also, eh? like, you know, that's, I, uh, without that, I really don't think we would have... Quentin Tarantino in the way that we have Quentin Tarantino to this day and yeah. just sort of the violence on display. I was yeah. surprised that Unforgiven made it to number two. Even I think it's a great movie, but I'm surprised that they gave it the number two spot. One of my favorites in the Wild Bunch, Bo Hopkins sitting on the porch. He's about to be shot to death by the soldiers closing in on him because his buddies robbed a bank and left him behind so they could get away. And a guy walks up on there and uh, makes some comment to Bo Hopkins, and Bo Hopkins replies, well, why don't you just kiss my sister's black cat's ass? <laughs> what a great line. <laughs> you know, Tom, looking at, that, looking at the list, uh, yes. the big country uh, didn't show up on there. Burlive's got a, an Academy Award for that, didn't he? It's, it's so that's interesting, because that was a pretty hardcore Western. So wonder why that didn't make yeah. it. Well, and I'm trying to think, like, and so this may be, you know, revealing a bit about my, sort of my generation, but I was surprised that they didn't include something like Young Guns, which is a movie that kind of brought it into the the 80s and the Gen X generation. It seems like it, it deserves some sort of inclusion, but... And I'm trying to think what else, like uh, Jack Palance, um, was it, uh, he wasn't in Shane. What was, he was in Shane. Um, yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, Shane made the list, right? It yes. Did. Yes, it did. Yep, absolutely. Okay. Uh, why don't we take a quick break here, Aaron? When we come back, I want to spend the the rest of the time on the show with you talking about what you want to talk about, any uh, particular stories, whatever. We'll be back more with Aaron Sagers right after this with the family. Tom Bernard with the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski, who just so happens to be a very good friend of mine. If you're trying to get me to give you some shots on the golf course next time, it's not going to work, Tom. Well, it was worth a shot. So, from refinancing your home to small business loans or just a new checking account, you are a locally owned community bank. So what does that mean to folks listening, Michael? We take pride in individually crafted and customized solutions for your business with quick response times to all our customers, Tom. If you're tired of talking to pre-recorded voices and the wait times that can be forever, we answer the phone in Roseville, Edina, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. Plus, if it's important for your banker to know who you are, that's us, because we're your neighbor. So you're easy to find in a place people can trust. I learned that from personal experience, you know. Next year, I'll give you a couple shots on the front nine. Well, who am I to say no? Why not bank with my family's banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. 
As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza Sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza Sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Square, and use promo code TOM, T-O-M. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron Sager is our special guest. Latest Hollywood news. So, Aaron, what's the latest with you? Well, one of the things I wanted to bring up was, since you're a fan of Westerns, I'm going to make a guess and say you probably also like James Bond and the Bond franchise. In general, I do, yeah. I mean, Sean Connery was my favorite Bond by far. But um, of course, yeah, yeah, I do. I, I, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Of course, well, of course, yeah. yeah. Isn't I mean, that common is, knowledge, common course. belief? I would say so, probably. Well, I, have <laughs> probably a, I have an affection for Roger Moore because that's who I grew up with. But James, yeah, but yeah. Connery is the best. But the, the reason I bring up Bond is well, there's also the Bourne identity and the Bourne franchise starring Matt Damon, yep. and mm-hmm. in an interview with the director from the website Flash Film, Doug Lyman, who directed The Bourne Identity, they asked him what his thoughts were about the Bond franchise. Because if you remember, Casino Royale, when it came back, and of course was the first movie starring Daniel Craig as Bond, it sort of became a, a gritty, really focused on the personality of Bond as opposed to sort of the adventure and the escapades, even though it had that as well. Well, they asked Doug Lyman, the director of Born Identity, what he thought about that. And it's interesting because he says, look, I had always wanted to make a James Bond movie, but at that time they weren't hiring American directors. And plus, let's face it, at that time when I took on that movie, I only had a couple little indie movies under my belt. So he's like, there's no way I was going to get a James Bond movie. So instead I went and made Born Identity. It was a big hit. And then shortly after that, they have Casino Royale. And right. he says it, it, it copied the tone of, of the Bourne identity. And he, he finds this to be a very surreal experience because he did want to make that Bond, but instead Bond copied Bourne. And now he's, his thought is, and I, I really appreciate this sentiment, he's like, this is, I don't know whether I'm annoyed were flattered that this happened. I'm still confused about all of this years later because the thing he wanted to do, he couldn't do, but instead the major franchise copied the thing he did do. It's it's this weird kind of artistic, I, I guess, confusion that someone would go through. So I, I very much appreciate that. And when you look at these two movies alongside one another, you can very much see those parallels. God, I tell you, it's absolutely. Uh, I don't think you know, now that you brought that up. I didn't even think about that before, but you're absolutely right. You're absolutely yeah, right about that. Very good, though. And I mean, really, the other thing is, I don't. I mean, this is not anything like Doug Lyman said, but I was one of those people that, again, growing up with uh, Connery and Roger Moore. I don't know. I always was used to sort of a darker-haired Bond, and then suddenly Matt Damon is the super spy, and he's blonde. And then what happens right after that is we get Daniel Craig. They didn't try to get him to dye his hair or anything. He was still a blonde Bond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. It, that is absolutely true. How many more Bonds are there out there? Well, we know for how many more movies, we know for a fact that there's one more Bond movie with Daniel Craig, No Time to Die, and All right. that was supposed to come out last year, but now it'll be coming out 
this year. Although, again, to our earlier point, whether it'll be in a movie theater or whether it'll be distributed on streaming, we don't know. They're still playing on movie theaters, mm-hmm. but who knows what's going to really happen. Yeah, that's uh, that's one thing I really do miss is going to movie theater. Ralph, you had a question? Yeah, and, and, and how many how many opportunities are we going to have going to go to movie theaters once people have become, become accustomed to purchasing a yeah. streaming service, mm-hmm. seeing it in their own home, with much, much, much nicer movie, movie theaters in people's homes already at a less cost, you know, aside from mm-hmm. the amortization of your screen and big screen and things like that. You know, right. how, how much are we going to see of people going back to movies, you know, for fear of COVID, for fear of any other respiratory disease that you might get in there because we've had this terror put into us? And how many theaters are going to go out of business because of that? It's a great point. And... You know, I've I've been renting some of the movies on Amazon Prime for sort of that upcharge of $20 for a new movie. And I do enjoy watching it at home because, look, I can crack open a beer that I already have in my refrigerator or eat whatever I want snack-wise. And I'm, I'm doing it for a lot less money and certainly a lot less than the $20 I spent to rent that movie. But that said... I do love the movie theater experience, so I'm certainly yep. going to be someone that's, that's going back to the theaters when the time is right. I, I think there's just some movies that demand it, that feel like an event movie that you want to go see on a big screen. And there's, there's the element of privacy, to for to younger people, uh, people in high school, yeah. and things like that, they go to the movie to be alone together uh, in the at the movie. So there's a, there's another reason to be at the movie, uh, not so much a love of the theater, but the fact that you're alone in the theater in the back row. We know don't want to know what goes on, but you're in that back row oh. and you're you know comfortable with you're uh, comfortable with each other's company. Well, that yeah great point but also staying at home also affords you a certain amount of privacy because so far i've not found a movie theater that's okay with me showing up in my boxers and bathrobe no so no I, no probably not. <laughs> or just your boxers <laughs> you're right no, just the box. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I don't know maybe in times square I, I, I don't know uh yeah yeah <laughs> you know. well and let me throw this other headline at you. I think that it's sort of like we're revisiting a lot of everything old is new again, right? Because it was recently announced there's going to be an I Love Lucy movie, or at least a movie right. about Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. And so the, who was cast in this movie was Nicole Kidman as Lucy and Javier Bardem as as Desi, and mm-hmm. as the internet is likely to do, people were all in an, up, in an uproar about it. People were, had very strong opinions about Nicole Kidman being Lucy because they thought Deborah Messing should be Lucy because she has a very similar look, so much so that people really say that she's a lookalike. And yep. Lucy's yeah, daughter I- actually weighs in on this. I saw that episode on um, Will and Grace where they redid a Lucy episode. She really did look just like her. It was crazy. I was watching Mm -hmm. it and I was like, this is insane. She looked exactly like her. Yeah. She did. She did. And she did a a great job in that role. But the daughter of Lucy and Desi, Lucy Arnaz is actually her name, she said, okay, well, let's slow down here. The movie is actually going to be called Being the Ricardos, and it's not about recreating the plot of any I Love Lucy episode so much as a week in the life of Lucy and Desi as, as themselves and on, on the incredibly iconic TV show, on the production of the TV show. So it's not about an episode itself. It's about the behind the scenes during a week in their life. So you have to suspend disbelief a little bit. But I don't know. I, I, I think Nicole Kidman is a really gifted actor. But the thing I couldn't help but thinking is that she's going to be playing Lucy, but wasn't she also... Elizabeth Montgomery in the 
movie oh, of yeah. Bewitch, Samantha. Yep, yep. Uh, I, I see so, that. That one, that one I see. Can you be both? She can you be like both her. Samantha and Lucy in one career, Nicole Kidman? Well, I think Nicole's going to have to let some of the Botox wear off a little bit yeah. before she does Lucy, because Lucy had a very <laughs> expressive face. Yeah, she did. Yeah. And and Nicole's face is pretty frozen, I and have to say. I, I, lo- I love her in everything that she's in, but she's really doing yeah. the Botox Ni- a little much. Yeah. Nicole's smile is, uh, Nicole Kidman's smile is not the same. Not the same smile. No. Yeah. But they can do a heck of a lot with makeup, though. Yes, they can. No, no, I, they can't fix that. No. I actually, I have more, almost more concerns or have more of a, a stretch with Javier Bardem because I know him as such a great bad guy in like a James Bond yeah. movie yeah. or No uh, Country yeah. for Old Men. He's terrifying. No, you're absolutely so, right. First of all, I never did buy that carrying around a cow punch with you. Nobody notices you got it. Like, come on. <laughs> Where are you going with that cow punch, buddy? What do you, why do you have a cow punch walking down a city street? What is that all about? There's some cows that need punching. <clears throat> yeah, apparently I, it's I, very, very I always thought maybe the bad haircut was the distraction. You you would yeah, not even notice the cow punch because you were so caught up in the bad haircut. Yeah, what's with the hair? <laughs> yeah, what's with that hairstyle? Here? Uh, from what I understand, obviously, it, back in the 50s, mostly, they were when Lucy and Desi were, were huge in America. I understand those kids didn't get along all that well behind the scenes. Is that right, Aaron? That's what I've heard as well. And, you know, this is this is what I'm curious about is, are we actually going to see that element within the movie? Because there is always that bit of gatekeeping, especially because since Lucy Arnaz is the daughter and she's kind mm-hmm. of one of the, not kind of, she's one of the producers on this movie and she has sign off on whatever is going to be uh, portraying whatever story is portraying her parents. I wonder if that'll be a little bit more cleaned up, whitewashed, you know, and that we might not see the reality of the situation. But who knows? Maybe maybe we will because I've also heard of some some drama behind the scenes. Do you really want to see that? I'm not talking collective you. I'm personal you. Do you really want to see what's going on behind the scenes? I'm fascinated about what makes people tick and seeing the reality. I don't think, I, I think we can still appreciate the show. Obviously, it ran for like six years, I think, and it's, it is iconic. It's, it's such a great piece of American comedy. But you, I, I'm still curious about what makes the people tick behind the scenes. And, and also, I mean, look, the cast of Star Trek, okay? I love Star Trek. I love the original Star Trek. But a mm. lot of those actors do not have a fondness for one another. However, it was still a great <laughs> show. I, you know, you just reminded me of something. That was a, We had James Dewan in studio on the KQR, so I do a morning show in town as well. The uh, KQ, KQ Morning Show, and he was in studio. Uh, James Dewan, who played uh, Scotty. Right. Right. So he's in studio and on on the air. I said I'm. I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but I, I, we've gotten several requests, and I have to ask you, what was it like working with William? Because William Shatner's on my show. He was just on last week. He's on the, my morning show a lot, actually, and I get along with him fine. But apparently, a lot of people don't. Because I asked James Dewan about it. I said, "What was it like working with William Shatner?" And there was this big pause, and he went like this. <sighs> He's not a nice man. <laughs> it was the greatest. <laughs> he just, well, it was very funny. <laughs> I, I do, I do feel for William Shatner. I've, I've had the opportunity to interview him multiple times, and I've hosted right. for him at some events at Comic Cons, and. I think he gets kind of a bad rap. I mean, maybe look. I do too. He was a young actor. He was given the the the, the helm, I guess, figuratively and literally, of this show. Yeah. And yep. There was a lot of pressure, and they were telling him what to do. I I the guy has always been nice to me. He's never been anything yep. but a gentleman to me. Granted, I didn't work alongside him five days a week, but I think it's almost become too much of a pop culture. <laughs> 
he's become a pop culture punching bag in some ways. It makes it a little too yeah. easy to beat yeah. up on him, and that's not been my experience with him. Mine either. He's always been terrific to me. We la- Every time he's on, I, he makes me laugh, I will tell you that. He gets me laughing on that show. Uh, but seriously, the look on James Dewan's face is like, he really does not like you much, I'll tell you. Honest to God. Yeah, what are you going to do? What can one say, right? You just slog through. Well, at least made for some good entertainment and good behind-the-scenes stories, a little bit of good gossip behind the scenes. So I, I like, you know, I still like learning about that stuff behind the scenes. I, I do I'm going to throw another one at you if you got time for another story. We definitely. How much time do you have? I wanted to make sure I don't. I don't hold you too long. Do you? Do you have another segment in you? Um, you yeah, I'm all. I'm all yours. Okay, why don't we take a break? We come back, and then you will open the segment. I love it. Great. All right, we'll be right back more with Aaron Sagers. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common-sense way to sell your home. Visit shift to sell.com because life is expensive enough. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. We are back. Aaron Sagers, our special guest, ladies and gentlemen. Aaron is an American television presenter, personality, entertainment journalist, and expert of geek culture. So what is geek <laughs> what would geek culture even be, Aaron? Well, you know, when I when I first started talking about geek culture, it was sort of a little fringy. It was the Star Wars, the Star Trek, the comic books and comic book movies. But now geek culture is mainstream culture when the, the highest earning movies are Star Wars movies mm-hmm. and the MCU, Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe is dominating our lives. And Disney Plus has the Mandalorian TV series that's, that's dominating TV. So geek culture is now mainstream pop culture. So we're all geeks now. We are all geeks now. I mean, everybody everybody geeks out about something, whether it's Game of Thrones or... And you know what? I even, I even think that it's funny. I have friends that are super into things like 90 Day Fiance and The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, and that is a pocket of, of, of geekdom because they are super into that thing. So I guess we're, we are all geeks now. No, you're that. That's very geeky. You're absolutely right. That's that's way over the top geeky. No question about it. I don't know. I, I can't even keep up with it. I can tell you about uh, you know the first <laughs> yes. issue that Spider Man appeared, but I don't know about the characters of of Jovi or whatever on Ninety Day Fiance or who's getting a rose. But people do. People know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who's getting a rose? Sure How do. fascinating! Yes. <laughs> Some it's a good way of putting it, it out. Well, some people do. Well, there's uh, there's always a group of people who are going to want to know the intimacies of any certain thing. Now, there's people that know uh, who won the uh, uh, batting title of uh, uh, in baseball in 1952. That's true. Yep. Yeah, uh, 53, 54, 55. I mean, the people that really enjoy the minutia. Yeah, there you go. 
It is. It's interesting to me about what your brain locks into and what it holds on to because I know that I'm the youngest of five kids and I'm willing to admit that I'm not always the best about remembering the birthdays of my siblings, but I can probably quote word for word most of the Star Wars, the original Star Wars trilogy and, you know, probably doesn't make me a good sibling, but it, it does make me a good person trivia partner. <laughs> I'm really good at, at pub trivia. Wow. Well, that's a good thing. You win some, you can win drinks doing that. Right. And then I can, I can then perhaps buy drinks for the siblings after I forget their, their birthday. Yeah, that'll happen. It'll all happen. It's, what are you going to do? <laughs> well, that's all I'm, that's all I have to say. Well, let me, let me throw this one at you. You may have heard, I mean, again, Twitter is a, a place where people like to argue <laughs> over, a lot oh of my God. Yeah. a lot of seemingly <laughs> random things and and not no surprise that continues because so there are some folks out there. Of course, Donald Trump has a cameo in the movie Home Alone Two mm-hmm. Lost in New right. York. Yep. Nineteen ninety two movie and so he has a sequel. Well there have been some people and I've mainly seen it driven by folks on Twitter that are saying that he should be digitally removed from this cameo. <laughs> from this oh, my God. It, oh, God. It, it is a thing. People, people, look, I, you know, I, I'm all for getting involved in world events and talking about news, but it's interesting to spend your gears on this particular topic. But, so this kind of reached a fever pitch enough that the actress Christy Swanson, most famous for being in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the, the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer before the Sarah Michelle Gellar TV series. So she responded that, quote, if cancel culture is going to have Donald J. Trump removed from the John Hughes movie Home Alone, then my, in my support of my president, I want to have myself removed from the John Hughes films Pretty in Pink and Ferris Bueller's <laughs> Day Off. So. Which I'd say, I, I totally forgot that Christy Swanson had a small part in those two movies, so that one was a reminder for me, but she did appear as one of the classmates in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You know, we have the scene where the, uh, the economics teacher is calling for Bueller, Bueller, mm-hmm. right? And right. Uh, she's, she's one of the classmates. So she's saying she wants to be removed, digitally removed from that movie. Uh, I don't know who wins in this situation, except maybe anyone that works in digital effects. That would be, you know, there's more jobs for people removing people left and right from movies because of current really? political climate or cancel culture or whatever. Oh, God, oh, God. Or, or do you have any, you know, personal direction of your own fate? So if you suppose uh, you're, you're you're a well-known star now, but you have a couple roles or kind of kind of shady, kind of blue, and you want to erase your past history, can you erase your past mm. history because you want to be taken out of these films? Oh, oh, I mean, well, you know, and it's interesting because I know current contracts, talent contracts, talk a little bit more about your digital, your your persona, your likeness, because. Well, even going back to Back to the Future Part 2, when we see at the end of a movie that uh, about unintentional likenesses and things like that, a lot of that was connected to the Back to the Future Part 2, where Crispin Glover did not return to play uh, Mr. McFly, and instead, George McFly, and instead they got a look-alike as Crispin Glover, and that led to a whole lawsuit, which he ultimately won, saying that you can't just replace me and have someone look like a, a look-alike. Now, in the 21st century, the topic is, well, yeah, could you go back and either digitally remove someone or digitally add someone without their permission, or do you have the power Ooh. to say, look, I no, want, no longer want to have been in that movie? I don't think so. I, I, don't, I don't think that you should necessarily be able to just go back and take yourself out of any past work and and nor do I think that Donald Trump should be digitally removed from Home Alone Part Two. I mean, it, it was a mm-hmm. 
a movie that existed. It continues to exist. It was a moment in time. No matter what we think about the anyone now, it still existed. You know, we why go back and and spend the money and spend the time to remove ourselves from that? That is so amazing. You just disappear. That it's. I don't know. One of the things that scared me years ago, because I, I, I did voiceover for about 30 years, and I remember literally, I it's got to be 15, 20 years ago. It might even be 20 years ago. I cut a commercial, <clears throat> right? And um, a couple of days later, I'm driving along, and I hear the commercial run on the air. And there's a line of me saying something in that commercial that I never said. And that scared me to death, Aaron, I will tell you that. What they did is they just had somebody else say the line through a synthesizer and then got as close to my voice as they could. And it sounded just like me. I mean, it sounded exactly like me. But I never said the line. That was a long time ago. They can make you... It it seemed like in person, in your own voice, your own body and all that. They can make you do things now that you never did, which is really terrifying. Or even scarier... With the most recent Star Wars movies, you know, Carrie Fisher was in one, and she had passed. Yeah. And Governor Tarkin, I forget the name of the actor, he was in there, too. Mm -hmm. And those animations looked really good. They weren't perfect. They do. But they looked close. If you didn't look close, if you were a little bit drunk, you couldn't tell the difference. (laughs) If you're a little bit drunk. As usual. And at what point, so when, with that particular example so peter cushing who played grand moff tarkin was placed mm-hmm. in that movie now he i don't know if his family agreed to it or who controlled the estate to allow that now, carrie fisher at that point was still uh, alive and she was able to grant permission for that but mm-hmm. i don't know about peter cushing so then even the question of who can decide after you pass where yeah. you're going to end up. Do you have control over that? It seems like you most certainly should have some sort of control over that. But you can be... You can that would appear, be nice. And you could also appear, you know, with current technology, you can appear at different ages. And they could easily, with two or three pictures, yeah. they could easily create Carrie Fisher at age 12. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, of course, I think the estate of that likeliness should receive uh, royalties or, or remuneration. But it's happening. It's going to happen. And at some point, there ain't going to be actors because it's far cheaper just to pay a little bit of royalties and not pay these people or dink with it. <laughs> Isn't that true? Yeah. God. Yeah, you'll, you'll have an example of an actor that just gets some sort of 3D scan and then they're mm-hmm. put in the movie and they never actually showed up on set. Maybe and, they'll even win an Oscar for it. Maybe it'll be the best work they've ever done without ever having set foot on, on a set. Well, that's basically how a lot of AAA video games are these days. Like Keanu Reeves was in uh, Cyberpunk 2077, uh, looked exactly like him. It was him, and he voiced his character. But it, the 3D technology is so good that you really can barely tell the difference between the actual actor or a model of them. Uh, so he was, you know, there he was in a video game looking just like he did in real life, but he never had to go in front of a camera. He just had to voice his character. And that's going to get better. It's going to get, oh, yeah. With with current uh, processing power and things like that, that is just going to get better and better and better. So you you wonder, with current production problems, uh, not being able to have people on set for this and that and setbacks, people getting sick, the insurance of having people, the cost of actually having these people, would be. I think it's going to be far cheaper, far faster you know, as the processing power gets greater, just to animate people, be well, done with it. Japanese youth culture right now, half of the celebrities that they adore are not even real. They're just 3D models that someone made. They're not even based on anyone. Uh, but they just, you know, they put these 3D models in different scenes. They might have some mocap going on. But they're purely fictional. The voice is fictional. The model is fictional. There's no actual real human that represents these characters. But people, that, that's the kind of celebrities that the young people in Japan like right now because and, they're purely synthetic. And there's a subculture of people playing those characters. Yes. Show play. You yeah. know. Really? So, oh, yeah. The mocap people, the voice people, yeah. No, but some people actually have the, to go on a video for two hours at night 
as this character, and they have a bunch of fans that just log yeah. on, pay for it. Oh, what's it called? I just watched a, a, a video about that. That they, they, they actually are there as the character, dressed up like the character. They talk like the character, mm-hmm. and people interact with them like they're talking to the, this animated fake. It's a fascinating kind sounds, of intellectual exercise. Sounds geeky. It, yes. <laughs> it will radically alter the landscape. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. And, and then, well, but with that, there's up. just going to be a lot of loss of jobs, too, which I can't help but, but think about is that yep. when you do that, suddenly you no longer need lighting people because you can no. get the light perfect with, you don't need makeup, hair and makeup oh, people. Yeah. Camera people, grips, yeah, all those people. Craft Done. service people. Mm-hmm. You don't need caterers. Don't suddenly need- there's entire God. industries within the industry that people will be out of jobs. I, and I love technology. I, I love you know, that we can develop these things, but there is always that, well, what what's the result? You know, just because you can do it doesn't necessarily mean you always should. But, but you know, we get rid of steam, power. That's true, yeah. You know, we got rid of it. There's a lot of technology that's gone to the past that have eliminated those jobs. So there's going to be other jobs that come up. But you're right. The sub, you're not going to need a best boy anymore. No. I mean, you're all that, all those those people on set, you're just, they're, ooh, that's a fascinating thing. You don't have to buy Starbucks coffee and have studio orders for Starbucks coffee. All those, just a bizarre ripple effect through that industry. Burbank will go, will close down. Yeah, for real. And, and that kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier. Is that In a way, we are already seeing that when people don't all have to be in California or New York or or even Atlanta, you know, the, the, when people can be spread out all over and the industry can uh, exist in some form or fashion everywhere, you're right. The entire cities are going to be reshaped as a result. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should just give up. That's all I have to say. Wow. Just fold up the table. we got a while before all this happens, but... Yeah, probably. True. I mean, <laughs> celebrities are still making fifty million dollars to shoot one movie, so they're doing all right. They might make the same amount of money or more because there's less costs on the set. They may only give up yeah, sixty million. True. Yeah, there you go. So, and there's story. there's other other opportunities that fill that vacuum. You know, for instance, if they're not signing autographs at a local comic con, instead now they're doing cameos, and. Um, and filming personal greetings to fans. Mm -hmm. But really, I hope hope that we don't just give up based on... uh, I feel like, you know, this is my first time on the show, so if I have now caused us just giving up, I feel like that might be a failure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty terrific. Thanks for all the time. Hollywood (laughs) shutters tomorrow. Good job. <laughs> I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Sagers. Aaron, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. It was terrific. Really, really good. I had a great time. Thank you. Thanks a lot. That is going to do it, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family. <laughs>